Hey guys, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Life from the perspective of a military family member is way different than a civilian standpoint. Military children and family members give up their hopes and dreams to be able to stand by and support their service member, and it isn't an easy lifestyle for anyone to live. I hope that this podcast is able to help connect the military community and give others just a glimpse into what the military life is like from the perspective of spouses and children. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Today, I'm here with Andrea. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? Yes, of course. I'm doing good. So tell me kind of uh, to start what your life has been like with the military involved. So I grew up as a military kid, um, but my dad did get out when I was kind of young. He was a pilot in the Air Force. Um, And now both my little brothers are pilots in the Air Force. My sister-in-law's on a plane in the Air Force, and I'm not in the Air Force, but (laughs) I do work for Military Times as my day job and the editor of Marine Corps Times. And then I help run a podcast as well called the Spouse Angle Podcast. Um, We wanted to create a brand for military spouses to give them better news. So I'm in the military community, but I'm not actually military. Um, My boyfriend's in the Army. Um, but just a big supporter and advocate, um, for military and and working in the military journalism space. Yeah. What was it like growing up military? My dad retired when I was 12. So, you know, I didn't have as much experience like moving around or anything, but what was it like for you growing up military? We didn't have a ton of that either. My dad was kind of strategic and he got out and got hired by the airlines when they were booming. Um, so, and to be honest, I didn't really consider him military, right? Like he was a pilot. We were with the pilot community. Um, so we grew up very much like in the aviation community. We were, you know, always looking to the sky at the planes flying overhead, talking about planes, going to all the you know, base air museums and talking about the planes that my grandpa used to, both my grandfathers used to fly in. Um, So, you know, when it came time for me to even possibly join, I didn't consider the military because I truly didn't know there were other jobs besides (laughs) being a pilot, you know, and both my little brothers have followed, um, followed in their step, you know, in my dad's steps. So yeah, we were just really inspired by flying and, um, just kind of the excitement and adventure that dad got to have there. Yeah. Is there like a reason, I mean, you mentioned not knowing other jobs besides pilots, but is there like a specific reason that you didn't want to join the military or did you kind of have another career path in mind at the time? You know, I truly never considered it until a little bit later. Um, I wish I would have known in college, like the opportunities for ROTC again, like those were things my brother was thinking about with the Air Force. He was very meticulous about the degree that he wanted to get, the ROTC program he wanted to get so that he would get his pilot slot. I knew, um, you know, I would like to learn to fly. I started working on my glider pilot license, but I don't have the same sort of drive, you know, to be a jet um, fighter pilot that my brothers had. So, um, my gift was always reading and writing, and I didn't really know that there were, you know, any opportunities for those sort of jobs in the military, which now I know there are, but, um, so yeah, I went into school for journalism and I'm definitely following, you know, the path that's best for me there. It was 
when I started getting a little older and realizing, oh, you know, like there's Marine public affairs. Like I didn't even know what public affairs or public relations was in high school when I was picking my degree. Right. So I didn't really know there were communication experts in the military or even Intel jobs or other things that could use skills, uh, the skills that I had. So no, I didn't consider it. I have, I'm always tempted possibly, you know, like, Oh, maybe I should join the reserves on the side. But I, I think um, my job at Military Times has been such a gift because I'm taking the path that was meant for me, which is journalism and writing and using it to support this community that I really care about and that needs good news and needs good journalists and, you know, objective journalists covering them. So I think I kind of get the best of both worlds. Like, you know, I get to interview Marine generals and then tell my brothers about it. And they think that's pretty cool. Yeah. How did you get involved with doing all of that? Did you kind of like just research when you were looking for jobs or did you find it somewhere? How did you get involved with that? So it, it wasn't my first job. Um, I I actually didn't know what I wanted to do in college. I, I didn't know what a journalist was, um, but I had a great uh, career counselor who was like, let's not look at the job you want. Let's look at what classes excite you. Mm-hmm. And I, I only thought, you know, being good at reading or writing, and I could be an English teacher, like leaving high school. That's all that I knew. Um, but it didn't quite sit right. And when I looked at the English classes, I mean, I love Shakespeare. I love literature. But they didn't excite me as much when I read classes about like podcasting or classes about video editing or editing magazine articles. And I didn't know in college what I wanted to do, which of those paths. So I kind of tried them all. I I took all the TV classes. I did major in print journalism. Um, And then I was just lucky enough to get magazine jobs actually after college. Mostly I started with copy editing and then like some fact checking jobs and then an associate editor of a magazine. And um, that's what moved me to DC was that job. And honestly, I just needed a new job. I was kind of looking all over the place at any magazine job. Marine Corps Times was a newspaper at the time or a magazine now, but you know, I, I thought I didn't know much about the Marine Corps, but I knew, I knew about the military and applied and, you know, they thought it was a good fit as well, but it was more my journalism background. You know, they did ask me, they said, you have really good, uh, reporting experience, but you have no examples of military reporting. And I said, oh, my dad was an A-10 pilot. And they said, oh, you're fine. You know, they, <laughs> they just wanted to know, like, can you speak to people in this community? Do you understand, you know, like how they might think or how to interact with them? And, and I did. So it's been a great fit for me. Yeah. The military community is so different where, you know, it's easier if you can relate to them and then, you know, start telling them, you know, the stories, the news and things like that, and being able to speak to their level rather than just jotting out the news like you would on any other platform. Absolutely. We have a lot of veterans at Military Times, which helps too. And I think it's good to have have both views, right? So like, I'll edit a story written by a veteran and he maybe has more intricate knowledge of the Marine Corps, but then I can ask questions as an outsider saying, well, what does this mean and why we need to make sure we explain that. So I think together having both perspectives has been really helpful. Right. Because you'll get spouses, you know, who read, you know, these stories and these articles and be like, okay, you know, I don't know that acronym or, you know, what that specific thing means. And so having you kind of in that outsider position to say, hey, you know, this might get a little confusing, like, you know, um, and being able to clarify those points and details. Absolutely. 
Yeah, my um, fiance is a Marine and my dad was Army. So I kind of grew up in the Army lifestyle and then the Marine and even between different branches, it's so different. You know, the ranks are different. The the skill sets are different. The jobs, both of them had a very similar uh, job and career field. And it's like, okay, you're very similar, but you're so different in your own ways too, because of the different branches. So you really never know, you know, how to communicate specifically to a branch. Absolutely. My boyfriend's army, and this has been like my first foray into the army and I have no idea what's going on, you know, but even at military times, it's funny between the papers, like, you know, every, every paper is so different because each branch, their audience is so different. So it's really been fun learning and getting to know people across the whole military. Yeah. When you were kind of in like the dating world, were you looking for someone in the military? Where was that even a thought for you? Because for me, it was not. I was like, no, I'm not, not doing that. And then, you know, it just happens out of nowhere. That's such a funny question. No one's ever asked me that. Probably. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, the honest truth is like, I think I was very drawn to people in the military. And that's because my dad, is just like very straight laced type A, not straight laced, that's not wrong, but just like very successful, like in his job and in his discipline. Um, and I was living in Washington, DC, and I was like, I'm just meeting a bunch of like people who were like, you know, seeking after money perhaps, or like politics. And it just, I wasn't drawn to that. Like I'm, I'm very drawn to somebody who is selfless and, you know, a lot of the innate qualities that I was looking for, like are the types of people who would join the military, somebody who has, you know, character and is like living for something greater than themselves. And, you know, those sort of decisions why people sometimes choose the military. So I was dating a bunch of military guys for a while, I think, um, and I tried not to, you know, like it's definitely, it was definitely not fun. Like you meet a guy and then they move and you're like, oh, okay. Um, and it certainly wasn't my only criteria. Definitely not. But I do think like, I think it's pretty badass. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I think it's attractive. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I am never, my dad was injured in Afghanistan too. So like I saw a completely like the traumatic side of it and was like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not putting myself through this again. I'm not putting my kids through this. And then, I mean, you know, out of nowhere, it's like, okay, well, you know, and I've loved the military lifestyle. I love, you know, talking to other military kids and spouses and, you know, people involved in the military community and, you know, getting back into it. It's like, this is family. Like, you know, I can't necessarily just leave it. Um, and even though like my dad was army and he's a Marine, my dad's like, you're, you still got army blood in you. Like that's, that's never going to change. You might add some Marine, but you know, you never truly leave the military life. I do feel like the community is just, it just, it feels right. It fits right. Like I'm drawn to even, you know, you asked the question about dating, like even unintentionally, I end up finding people who have some connections to the military just because they're people like me and they, you know, have some of the same experiences or mindsets. And um, so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Was there something that you had to like mentally go through to like make that decision to date him and get over that hump of not wanting to follow that military path? So it was so 
kind of just sporadic of how we even started dating because he was uh, stationed in Okinawa, Japan, and he came home for Christmas and he had he was friends with my dad before he was even friends with me. Like, <laughs> and so he came home and it was his first time home in two years because of COVID. And he wanted to see my dad because he just, you know, had the respect for my dad. And, you know, they're both military, so they get it. And, you know, they can bond over that and everything. And then my mom was like, you should, you know, ask him if he wants to get lunch or coffee or something. And, you know, not necessarily as like a date, but just as friends. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I don't do that. Like, that's going to sound like it's a date and I have school on Monday and no. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, Monday we ended up going out on a date. Cause I was like, if you think this has, you know, has any chance of happening, then, you know, you can work with his mom on that. And, uh, you know, get that all settled. And then, yeah, no, it just, it just happened. Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. My mom was like, uh, she told me the night before or something. She was like, you cannot, you know, go out with him and then change your mind again and be like, okay, you're military. I cannot do this. And then, you know, we've been together just over six months now and it's like, okay, you know, it, it's hard, but it's, it's worth it. And then like even texts or video calls that I get from him, cause he's still away right now, you know, it's worth it. It, it makes it all, it makes it all worth it. Yeah. I'm likely that I'm physically close to my boyfriend right now, but my brothers are far. One of my brothers is in England now and one is in North Dakota. So yeah, yeah, it definitely changes the way you have to be intentional with the way you communicate and how um, much you have to value those times you do have together in person. Yeah. Cause he's, he's in school right now. And so, you know, he can't have his phone on him or anything. And so it's like, you know, I'll get a text in the morning and I'll get a text when he gets off, but he's so busy that it's like, okay, you know, when we have the time to communicate, you know, you have to make it, you have to be intentional with it. Like you said, you can't like be like, okay, you know, complaining about all the little things. Like you have to enjoy those moments that you have while you have them. Absolutely. I think it's good lessons to learn. It's hard, but it's, you know, I think it's good. It's sweet in the end. Yeah, it is. And I'm like, you know, this is all worth it. I get to travel the world, you know, (laughs) my dad was reserved, so we didn't PCS much. And so I'm like, okay, you're active duty. I can, you know, move around a little bit more and see the world and, uh, you know, experience military lifestyle and the community and my kids can grow up in it. And it's like, it's, it's exciting. The Marine Corps community is really tight. It's been fun to work with Marines. Um, hard, yeah. <laughs> hard, but also very rewarding as well. I think um, still an outsider in that community. I have to be, you know, as a journalist, right. but I, I do see the um, amount of camaraderie that the Marines have. And it's really impressive. Yeah, it's definitely a special connection between them. And I haven't been like with him and Marines around him, really. It's just been like, you know, my dad, but even you know, the connection between him and my dad. And then when I'm on like video call with him and he's with his Marines, it's like, or even the way he just talks about them, 
you know, you can tell that there's that bond between them. And I mean, that's any branch too. Uh, you know, just the bond between, you know, service members and, you know, even their families to an extent too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the podcast that you have and how you started that and kind of the idea behind that. Yeah. So I actually started it with um, a former coworker. Um, well, she was formerly at Military Times. We were there together. We both did the same grad program at Georgetown. She convinced me to do it. It was a great journalism program. And so we weren't super close, but we'd have, you know, lunches every couple months and kind of talk about school and our careers. And um, she had had a separate idea, actually, when she became pregnant. Um, it was after she had the baby. She was um, nursing and the nursing room in our office at the time was the podcast room. So she likes to tell the story. She was in there pumping and was kind of like, oh, wow, like, you know, I should do a podcast. She was inspired <laughs> for that. And I actually was inspired during a class at um, Georgetown at my program called Entrepreneur, what was it? Entrepreneurial Media or something about entrepreneurship and media. And I was, I remember thinking like, I am not an entrepreneur. I have no idea about business, but I actually don't think that's true. I'm actually a big ideas person. Um, I just was kind of like belittling my own knowledge because I didn't know much about like business law or tax or, you know, all the little nitty gritties. but. When it came down to it, to our final presentation, you know, I presented that we needed um, a news brand for military spouses. I think even Military Times, our readership is like 75% male, Um, you know, even just from a a perspective of like marketing and advertising, like it's better to have more women in your audience than, you know, 75% to 25%. And so I kind of presented this case and, um, And then a little bit later, I was furloughed during the pandemic for four months. So Natalie, oh, well, I skipped a step. Natalie and I had had this lunch, you know, and she was like, I'm going to stay at home, be a full-time mom. Um, And I would like to do a military spouse podcast. I'm like, well, I would like to do a military spouse news brand, but I don't have the time. I don't know how to do it. And then not long after I was furloughed (laughs) due due to the pandemic and had, uh, you know, four months of time. to apply for jobs. Luckily I got my job back. We got everything back in order at our company, but you know, it was uncertain times. And yeah, so it was during that time. I, we really got the podcast up and going. Um, I built the website. I had plenty of time to do so. And, um, and we got, we became an LLC, you know, that spring 2020 and got the ball rolling. So we just saw kind of like you said earlier, like spouses can go to some of these news brands and it's still geared toward the service member. Right. So they're, not necessarily giving the same answers to the questions that military spouses would ask. They're maybe giving more technical answers, more jargon, more, you know, just a different angle. And that's how we came up with the name is we wanted to come at it from literally the spouse's angle and give them the information and news um, that they need to feel supported in their own community and, and in their, you know, talking about things that are going on in that military spouse community. Yeah. And that's so important. And, you know, such, there was such a gap in, you know, the way things were conveyed to spouses. And most of the time it's the service member coming home saying, you know, this is, this is what's happening. Like, you know, and now there's something for the spouses to go to, to be like, Hey, this is, this is what's happening. And this is what's happening in your words, like in words that you can understand. 
That's our goal. We've been growing a lot and are, you know, starting to get more news on the website and the podcast has just been booming. So we're, you know, Natalie and I are so humbled, like not being military spouses, not even being military. Her dad was in the army as well. He was in the army band for most of her childhood. Um, you know, as we like to say, we're former, um, you know, mil- retired military kids. Yeah. Um, so it's just been such a blessing to be welcomed in this community and able to report on what we do because, you know, we are trained journalists and we think it's important that good, solid news is coming out. And by good, I mean, just like well-written and, you know, balanced and giving the highest level bar of journalism um, to service members and their communities. So. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, The last question I always like to ask is what advice would you give to another military kid? Oh man. Well, I mean, maybe know, know that there's other jobs in the military besides <laughs> the one your, your parents did. Um, hmm, what advice would I give? I just, yeah, I do. That is one of my regrets is just not knowing the opportunities that are out there. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not a military spouse, but I think there's so much support. There's so many nonprofits and advocacy groups, you know, like I did a podcast, I filled in for Natalie this week and they're talking about um, military spouse entrepreneurs and all these free programs that some of these universities are hosting. Like there's a lot of people who really want to help military families and military kids, but like, unless you're really, um, active and finding those groups and finding the one that fits you in the right location. And, you know, like it can be daunting. I think the amount of help that's there, but like as an outsider, just like, I want you guys to be involved in this. Like even my boyfriend, he's an entrepreneur and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And he's in the army, but it's like, there's so many resources for you. Like you could be part of this group and part of this group. And, you know, so I, I would, I guess my advice would be like, don't get stuck in your own little like idea of what the military is. Cause there is so much more to it, whether that's your community, your branch, you know, like there's other jobs, there might be other ways that you can contribute, whether that's in, a, in an official way or an unofficial way on base and getting involved in some sort of volunteering. But also there's a lot of people who want to help you and there's a lot of resources. And so you know, that's something we're trying to do at the spouse angle is like make those resources like more available and um, make spouses more aware. So yeah, I guess that would be my advice is, is to keep continuing to open your eyes because there's new things um, available to support military families every day and they deserve all the support. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story and, you know, your experiences and about the Spouse Angle podcast as well. It was so great to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grace of a Military Child and Life. Make sure to set a reminder for every Tuesday to listen to a new episode. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube at Grace of a Military Child and Life. If you have any questions or want to be on the podcast, send a message to one of our social media platforms or email grace.of.a.military.child at gmail.com. See you next week.